Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Bob. Mm. Bob. I have to get back to work. The Bob Seska <laughs> Show. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, March 14, 2023. And this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, how you doing? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 783 of the Biden-Harris administration. 602 days until the 24 presidential election. Instagram, the Bob Seska. I've got a new video out. It's called The Stupid Trump Thing of the Week. Go watch it now. Also... I'm on Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go, spoutable Bob Seska, Patreon, BobSeskaShow.com. And sitting right over there, it's Buzz Burbank with the news. Yeah. You say Buzz Burbank. The money's not here. You said it all. Your money's in Joe's house. That's right next to yours. And the Kennedy house and Mrs. Maitland's house and a hundred others. And what are you going to do, foreclose on them? <laughs> Hi, George Hi. Bailey. Welcome was... to the run on the banks. Yes, I was I was channeling channeling a little George there, trying to prevent a run. <laughs> All right. So what's happening, my friend? Hi, Bob. Hi, everybody. Uh, he, of course, is Bob. I'm Buzz, and this show is fully backed by the FDIC. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and, and now, as I understand it, uh, daylight savings time is back mm-hmm. uh, because the groundhog saw a shadow. <laughs> is that how that works? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I have no uh, idea. Do they, is there like a time authority that gauges I don't this know. stuff? I don't know. I don't know. We just we just follow like sheeple. Uh, <laughs> it, it gets it gets dark later now, uh-huh. uh, which means uh, Florida Senator Rick Scott has to wait an extra hour each night before rising from his coffin. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, and did you hear this? I'm sure you did. Uh, Mitch McConnell fell. Uh-huh. Uh, got a concussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but doctors say he's acting like his usual self. Gee, I think we were all hoping for someone else. <laughs> no chance. I don't know if he's going to be okay, though. Uh, when he came to, he asked the doctors, uh, does this mean I'm out for the season? <laughs> so, you know. Uh, now, it appears Ron DeSantis has adopted the campaign slogan, you ain't seen nothing yet. Clever. S- see? When you ban books, grammar's the first thing to go. <laughs> ain't. Ain't. We learned last week that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis got married at Disney World. <laughs> so so it was a theme wedding. Um, I'm guessing the theme was zippity doodah. <laughs> so wow. South, yeah. uh, and this is sad. Uh, due to supply chain issues, uh, this year there's a shortage of Girl Scout cookies. Mm-hmm. And of course, no one is more upset about this than Matt Gates. All right, kicking off a brand new week with Rocky Mountain Mike. Here we go. Yeah. Well, we're living here in Elon Town. 
<laughs> Working for an egomaniac clown And the space that's there all killing time Building starships and Falcon 9 Well, our boss, he likes to play Twitter wars Let all the Nazis back in the front door And he's Vladimir Putin's big hoe <laughs> Dances with fash, fascism slow to death in Elon Town. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. Oh, come on, Mike. Putin's Thank home. you, Mike. Rocky, MNTN, Mike on Twitter. Yeah, go follow Wonderful. him right now. Thank you, Mike. That, what a hellscape that's become, isn't it? Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love this. Now all of the rich people are deciding to build their own cities. This is completely, uh, what is the Ayn Rand book? Is it Atlas Shrugged? Where yeah, Atlas Shrugged. Yeah, yes. Galt's Gulch. <laughs> They're building their little liberto- libertarian utopias. Or what did I almost say? Libertopias? I, I think we should start calling them that. <laughs> That's I almost fine. I think I just derped my way into a neologism. So, yeah, I mean, Glenn Beck started the idea years ago, wanted to build his own fake libertopia. And then Donald Trump wanted to build a bunch of libertopias. And now Elon Musk wants to build a libertopia. Can you imagine living in the Elon Musk town? If it, I know. You if, know it, and, if, it, if it functions like Twitter, everyone there is oh screwed. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're all dead. Uh, you know, it, it, the thing is, it, your gut reaction when you hear these folks talking about their libertopias uh, liber- <laughs> is that uh, you think your first reaction is, well, great, you know, get out of here. Uh, scram, go go do your yeah. thing. But you realize, again, what we're really talking about here is secession. That's exactly right. They want to set up these towns and and they'll probably get some form of carve out from the state government, tax incentives and so on. They roll back regulations on parking lots and traffic and easements and so on. And that's going to absolutely happen with Elon Musk and Donald Trump. If they actually do this thing, I tend to believe that this is just blah, 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 blah. Look at me. I'm so rich. Look what I can do. I'm going to build a city and he's not going to actually do it. It's sort of going to be the uh, city version of the Hyperloop, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole lot of talk, not a lot of anything going oh, yeah, out. It'll, it'll, it'll never happen, but uh, there's that attitude for you. We did an entire show before the show started today. And did. It was great. You should have heard it. <laughs> yes. One day, perhaps you will. Talking about <laughs> Poker Face, talking about Picard, talking about Ted Lasso, so? and yeah, having a great time. And I'm like, you know what? Why didn't I record this goddamn thing? So we're going to try to do it all over again on the Shadow Docket. A a reenactment (laughs) in the Shadow Docket. Yeah, so if you're subscribed on our Patreon page for $5 a month, you can get the Shadow Docket. Patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. We're going to reenact that whole thing. Uh, We can do it. I may even bring some Civil Civil War music for the (laughs) reenactment. Okay, my friend, let's start out here in New York City where Trump is likely to be indicted, what comes down to what? Any second now? It's just one of those things well, where uh, okay. it's so like as soon, had... as, as soon as we end the show, that's when it's going to happen. Well, you've started with an exciting topic for me. But uh, Yesterday, uh, Michael Cohen testified for mm-hmm. the Manhattan DA's grand jury uh, that's investigating uh, Trump's hush money payments to Stormy Daniels. Yes. And a lot of people think, well, you know, of all the things we could get him for, why this? Well, this is very good. It is, uh, in my mind, and, and perhaps in D.A. Bragg's mind, a violation of campaign finance laws, among other things. Mm-hmm. He paid off this money to protect his presidential campaign just before the election yeah. and wrote 
checks as president to uh, Michael Cohen to reimburse him for the money that Cohen had to pay out of his own pocket. To yeah. Oh, yeah. Daniels Says who? In time. Mm-hmm. In time for the election. So uh, Monday, Michael Cohen, who I believe is the final witness, they invited Trump to come, but he just couldn't make it on time. Um, <laughs> he's going to uh, testify again tomorrow. Cohen will testify again tomorrow on Wednesday. So uh, indictments are expected to have already been written up. Uh, the yeah, expectation yeah. is the indictment has already been written and uh, could drop as soon as uh, Thursday. Michael Co- as soon well or even Wednesday, Bob. Mm. Uh, they're talking about maybe Wednesday evening as soon as Michael Cohen steps down from testifying from the grand jury, being the last witness, uh, the indictment can be released at any time. So it could be a late Wednesday, it could be Thursday, it could be as late as Friday, but I just don't see it going beyond that. Uh, yeah. Thursday for sure, uh, you guys are going to, you and the Goth Ninjas will definitely have something to talk about, I believe, on Thursday. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, a uh, yeah. few things with this uh, that I want to talk about. First of all, I think we all need to temper our expectations when it comes to New York City, because it's entirely highly uh-huh. possible that this ends up being misdemeanor charges which obviously you know the definition of the word it's not going to be the, as severe as felony charges although the word on the street is that right. Alvin Bragg is going to try to up this to felony charges by trying to loop in what campaign finance violations as well R- so, right yeah and there may be a, yeah and the other thing though but let me interject here too Bob there may be other charges that Bragg is looking at that we don't know about yeah because in order to get a conviction uh, you, I've been hearing a eh, conviction's not a sure thing the indictment great it's going to happen but will he be convicted will he well that depends on the charges that uh, DA Bragg brings mm-hmm. he he, he may have other charges we have not yet, uh, as part of the general public, that we've not yet considered uh, could be applied here. I think we know that Bragg is looking at two or three uh, possible uh, ways to indict. Uh, there may be more than that. So while we, on one hand, need to temper what we think the res- final result of this will be, temper our expectations for that, yeah. uh, we can have some expectation that this is going to do pretty well. Uh, because we don't know what else D.A. Bragg has up his sleeve. Yeah, plus I think the Dominion lawsuit has set a precedent right now, which is a positive one, I think, which is that it's kind of, and I've been using this phrase a lot when it comes to potential legal jeopardy for Donald Trump, and that is it's in the journey. Getting there is is half the fun. And with right. Dominion, we're getting all of these text messages showing oh Fox News' duplicity, how they lie on the air and then say something different in private. And so that's where these prosecutions are beneficial, I think. The things that mm-hmm. we're going to learn in the course of the prosecution itself may be more valuable than the actual conviction or would-be conviction. So I think we should wrap our heads around these things in that sense because I'm very much looking forward to hearing about all of this and hearing how this plays out and how Donald Trump is going to, as I've been saying all along, make things worse for himself in the process of trying to uh, mount a defense. (laughs) You see him. 
Yeah. yeah, I agree. And and you see him stepping up his election, his, his election campaign efforts now with the mm-hmm. speeches and everything, uh, because he, he knows this is closing in. I'm reading that privately, uh, people he's confiding in, uh, he's quite panicked about what's going to happen. <laughs> and and the panic is showing yeah. in in his uh, public behavior uh, more than more than usual, especially considering he's no longer president and doesn't have Twitter at the moment, or maybe he does. I don't know. I can't tell anymore. Uh, <laughs> at, at, at any rate, and, and and, and if I may also, you mentioned the the Dominion voting systems lawsuit as part of the package. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's still a lot of uh, progressive skepticism out there as to whether any of this is going to result in anything. We're still getting a lot of ain't nothing going to happen people uh, out there. And I understand uh, where that comes from. But this time I think they're wrong. Uh, uh, things are really starting to, to move now. Uh, I've heard references to this is happening quickly. Oh, it's taken two freaking years to, to get to this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so it's not, it doesn't seem quick, but it is happening quickly now. And and not only is there the Minion lawsuit, which, by the way, has a mystery of its own. I'm, I'm sub-paragraphing here a lot, but... Uh, we know that there's a lot of there are a lot of redactions in the in even the the most documents that have been released in the Dominion voting systems lawsuit so far. Uh, there are a lot of redactions. What is Fox News hiding behind that black ink? And will it really matter? Because at the same time, Smartmatic, this is a what is it a one point seven million two point seven. I'm sorry, uh, 1.6 yes, billion by Dominion, but the uh, Smartmatic uh, lawsuit, which is said to be an even stronger case, uh, will hit Fox with a $2.7 billion. Yeah. And that combined with the Dominion has uh, uh, the potential of putting Fox into bankruptcy. What I've been thinking about, too, is... And obviously, we've been watching the Fulton County grand jury and that process play out over the last couple of years. And my question is, why is that taking so long in comparison to the grand jury process in Manhattan over the Stormy Daniels situation? That seems to be a a very speedy process. It sort of jumped out of nowhere, didn't it? <laughs> I had no idea well, that it was even going on because I'm aware of the prosecution of Alan Weisselberg, the successful prosecution of the Trump organization, which landed a conviction and a hefty fine that they had to pay. But then we didn't hear anything. Obviously, they didn't investigate Donald Trump in relation to the Trump organization prosecution. And that had to do with uh, inflating assets for this and deflating assets mm-hmm. for that. Right. So where did the Stormy Daniel th- thing suddenly emerge from? And I, I, I guess it's as, just the the, the, the secret well, grand jury aspect of all of it. That it takes place as, in secret. As I understand it, Alvin Bragg was not yet ready to make a case on those financial matters. A lot of the evidence he needs is in the hands of uh, the state's attorney general, Letitia James. Uh, and and so he's kind of, he's it, Alvin Bragg has taken the evidence that they have gathered on Trump's business shenanigans and now shared that with Letitia James to let her go after the Trump organization. Yeah. Uh, and while, while Bragg focuses on this illegal campaign contribution to his own campaign, and, uh, and uh, you know, and whatever other crimes that Alvin Bragg can attach to that. And then meanwhile, you have, and I, I worry, if you're going to worry about something, I worry about the grand jury 
or I, I should say about the DA's investigation in Fulton County, Georgia. Uh, Fonnie Willis, as far as I know, I don't know if she's impaneled a grand jury for indictment. The last grand jury she had, which has been dismissed, uh, existed for investigation. She needs a different grand jury in, in order to indict. And yeah. all of this is happening in an atmosphere in which Republicans in power in Georgia are seeking to make it possible for them to fire any prosecutor they don't like, starting with Fonnie Willis. I see. Well, that grand jury, the new grand jury in Fulton County, that right. one is, that's definitely impaneled. And so that's oh, another thing. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah. good. That's good. another thing where they're going to get the report from the special grand jury as the basis for their decision to indict or not. Plus, I imagine there are additional witnesses and so on that take place in that new grand jury, and then that will determine whether or not the indictment is handed down. And that's a, that's a process that could happen quite speedily, sort of like what's happening in New York City with regard mm-hmm. to the Stormy Daniels hush money payment, which, is, then, yeah, which is separate and- from the Trump Organization investigation, even though in a strange way, they're kind of interlinked insofar as it's the same pot of gold <laughs> that all this crap comes from. And it's and, not really a pot of gold. It's a bullshit pot of gold. But you know what and, I mean. And for the skeptics and for the cynics, uh, I would remind also of the work that Jack Smith is doing. Uh, remember, Trump is being investigated federally by Jack Smith at the New York state level by Letitia James. Yeah. Uh, by uh, Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg in the city of New York and by District Attorney Fonnie Willis in Fulton County, Georgia, in Atlanta. So uh, he's got four investigations closing in on him, all of them ready to pounce. We're finally here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, It's pouncing time. And uh, I think you're going to see more Trump panicking and him pretending to go forward uh, with something I don't think he's going to be able to finish. I think the way we need to proceed through all of this is by tempering our expectations, not necessarily going full Debbie Downer, because that's the other thing that's driving me nuts. Like, yes, no yeah. indictments. Well, oh, they're never going to indict. And then suddenly indictments are handed down. Oh, they're never going to convict. And then a conviction right. happens. Oh, it's, they're never going to get them on that other thing. <laughs> and so the, the, the goalposts are always moving. And that's frustrating. It that sure becomes, is. that dampens spirits. When... We got to look at this in the same way Republicans would look at a conviction of, say, Hillary Clinton. Do you think for a minute the Republicans would be rending their garments and saying, why, oh, why? Oh, she's just going to get away with it. Why even bother with this? No, they're going to be hammering that. They're going to be using that to build more support and build more energy toward this movement that they've got going. And if we borrow that idea and harness that momentum, it could only be a good they, thing. It, whether they, they're yeah. yeah, whether they're pretending or not, they're they're putting up an image of of keeping it together better than we are. Yes. They, they they don't seem to or appear to fall apart at the seams the way do we do. And the reason I we've been conditioned, especially over the last eight years, uh, progressives have been conditioned to endure failure. Yeah. And and uh, too many of us have uh, come to accept it as well. You know, it's Tuesday. You know, what are you going to do? Uh, and a feeling of hopelessness is really what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and, and that is not helpful to the team at all. That is not helpful to this army unit we call the Democratic Party. Uh, and and uh, yeah, that concerns me very much. I... I would almost rather be overly optimistic, which is how I tend anyway. <laughs> and, and, Nothing and, wrong and, with that. 
and then be increasingly outraged when things don't work out the way. You know, if I'm optimistic now, I'm just going to be all the matter when it doesn't go that way. And and that that may be a useful energy. Uh, but but I really do believe with these four investigations, uh, the most eminent uh, appears to be the Manhattan DA. Surprisingly, at this point, I thought Fonnie Willis would be first, but it looks like uh, Alvin Bragg is going to be first in New York. And uh, you know, I'm excited. I'm I'm encouraged, and the timing is good. Uh, at the same time, Trump is launching his campaign. These indictments are going to start uh, tumbling in like tumbleweeds. There is a lot to be said about our two-tiered system of justice in this country, <laughs> that Donald Trump gets this much leash, I gets know. this much I slack know. to play I with know. before true, true. the legal system starts to reel him in. And that doesn't happen with anyone else, especially when you see black men being executed by law enforcement. And then Donald Trump breaks myriad crimes, allegedly, and it takes months, if not years, to reel that in. And this is like very, very frustrating for sure. But at the same time, we got to remember the big picture here. We're in a, a pitched struggle for democracy, to mm -hmm. save democracy in this country. And the world is watching. So anything that we can do in a social sense, in a social right. media sense, for example, right. is helpful in that fight because what we're doing is we're slowly trying to pull in as many uh, swing voters as we can, as many independent voters as we can in order to win more elections. And remember my speech going into every single election, which is that everything is decided now what one or two percentage points. Mm -hmm. uh, all, you know, close elections come down to just a matter of, a, in some cases, a handful of votes. Right. So every vote matters. And by emphasizing the details of the prosecution rather than doomsaying the results, mm -hmm. that's the helpful part of it. Where we say, okay, well, like, as I was saying with the Dominion lawsuit, hammering the, the fact that Fox News is so duplicitous, hammering that, hammering any evidence that comes down with regard to a prosecution of Donald Trump, that's going to ultimately start peeling away any sort of on-the-fence support that Donald Trump may get. So I can't emphasize enough how important it is for us to maintain at least some level of optimism and some level of uh, responsibility when it comes to relating the details of these prosecutions and making sure the word gets out rather than the word getting out. Oh, well, this is, this is going to be a big nothing burger and nothing's right. going to ever come of it. Well, right. swing voters see that the word gets around and then that completely contravenes the entire process that we're trying to uh, implement here. You see what I mean? I, I do, and I think I think it's even bigger than politics. Yeah. Uh, you say it's a beautiful day out, and I say, well, it'll probably rain later. Uh -huh. uh, you know? <laughs> right. Why, why can't, instead of my, me saying that, why can't I say instead, let's enjoy the sun while it's shining? Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. I, 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 I would like to see my progressives with less angst. I would like to see my progressive friends uh, willing to embrace the good when it happens. Take a win as a win. Take yes for an answer. Uh, uh, acknowledge successes, however small they may be, along the way. It will keep you from going to that very, very dark place. And if you have a thought like, this isn't going anywhere, please keep it to yourself because to express it <laughs> yeah. demoralizes the rest of the troops. Mm -hmm. And remember that this has never happened before. 
We've right, never seen right. an ex-president come this close to being prosecuted, and it's going to happen. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I'm going out on a limb by saying that he's going to be indicted at least once. I mean, we're going to see New York City. He's going to be indicted there with the Stormy Daniels thing. He's going to be indicted in Fulton County for sure. Uh, there are two grand juries, two avenues of investigation happening at the federal level. He's mm-hmm. going to be indicted on right. one of those two, if not both. We're talking that about really Jan makes five. Six. Yeah. yeah, we're yeah. talking about Jan Six. We're talking about the Mar-a-Lago documents. So there are a lot of possibilities here, and we've got to use every single bit of the animal, as they mm-hmm. say. You know, the mm-hmm. hunters say mm-hmm. well, they use really good, sustainable hunters use every part of the animal that they shoot. Well. We need to make sure that we use every part of these prosecutions to our advantage to shore up the future of democracy, because ultimately it really comes down to us. Obviously, people on Capitol Hill, Democrats there, even Joe Biden in the White House, they have their roles to play in all of this. But when when it comes to getting the word out, that's on us. Yeah, they can only take the ball so far. We have to carry it the rest of the way. And so if we're acting as though none of this is going to work and it's a big waste of time and he's going to get away with it anyway. Well, what's the goddamn point? You either hold the guy accountable or you don't. You either support holding him accountable or you don't. Pick one of those two things. I hate to be binary about it, but that's what it comes down to. Uh, And if this were normal times, I wouldn't be saying this necessarily, but we're not in normal times. The, The closest we have ever come to democracy falling apart since 1861. And that is a fact. I'm not exaggerating. Ask any historian. We're on the precipice right now. It's where if the Republicans win, if they gain a bigger majority in the states, they gain a bigger majority in Congress, and they win the White House, it is game over for democracy. And that is harsh terms to put it in, but I think realistic ones, don't you think? I I do, and I think I'd like to... to on that note, say something better than I've said it here before. Okay. If I, I've I've said that you can't depend on our institutions, and I I didn't like myself saying that because they are. I don't want to. I don't want to make them any weaker than they've already become. So yeah. let me word it this way: If you are losing faith in our institutions, be it government or journalism or whatever, a media, if you're losing faith in our institutions, then doesn't that mean that it's on you? and on your fellow progressives to take the ball. Yeah. If you feel the institutions are failing you or working but not very well, then isn't it on us to pick up the ball and and do our end of the heavy lifting mm-hmm. in terms of, as you were just saying, social media for starters, uh, writing letters, giving speeches, uh, going on marches, uh, engaging in protests. Uh, making ourselves heard and spreading the word to the extent that we are able, knowing that there are some people who aren't worth talking to because we'll never change their minds. But there might be those one or two election-changing votes that Bob was talking about that could very well make the difference. Yeah, no doubt. I also wanted to say that uh, I understand the tiptoeing, especially at first, about, uh, well, he's a president or he he was a president. There is some logic to being careful about that because we don't want to endanger future presidents, but we cannot allow that concern to supersede our belief that no one is above the law. And to me, no one is above the law supersedes 
the concerns about the presidency because we can't allow a crook in the White House and we must have the ability to punish them as we would any other citizen. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a way to handle this so that it, it doesn't put every president at risk. It shouldn't if you behave yourself. Uh, I, you know, I just, I wanted to say that I sort of understood the logic of, well, we have to go easy because he was a president. Uh, that ship has sailed at this point. Yeah. We're, we're past that. He is not president any longer, which is one of the reasons it's taken so long for us to get to this point. But you reminded me, yeah, there are five investigations, two from uh, from uh, Jack Smith, uh, the, the special counsel, uh, one from Fonnie Willis, one from Letitia James, and one from Alvin Bragg. Uh, and, and they're all various election crimes, financial crimes. Uh, they're going after a whole list of crimes, uh, almost each office specializing in another specific crime. So there are at least five crimes, if not more, probably more, uh, that Trump is faced with being charged with. Uh, and and they're all coming to a head right about now. Yes, yes, yes. And, and just to, to qualify what I was saying about the newness of the process— uh, I think one of the reasons why, uh, and just debating, <laughs> I'm kind of debating with myself with regard that's to right. my, We're thinking out loud to, here. Yeah, well, that's always. In fact, that's what we do on this show all right. the time. A right. lot of the things that we say on this show is coming out of our mouths for the very first time. It's like a brand new thought that we're just kind of right. working through. And I feel like we're all working through this together. Right. We're uh, crystallizing what we feel, what we already know. Bingo. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I was thinking about, too, is that while there is undoubtedly a two-tiered system of justice in this country, when it comes to presidents and ex-presidents, what we're seeing here playing out, whether it's New York City, Fulton County, uh, Jack Smith— is establishing a new process that has never been established in American tradition. We've never been down this road before because, quite frankly, there's never been anyone right. as criminal as Donald Trump. Right. So, so yeah, it, certainly in the White House. And so when it comes to convicting him, it's important that we establish a process that is unimpeachable or as unimpeachable as, as possible, that is mm -hmm. unindictable, that uh, Republicans can't turn and say, well, this is a kangaroo. I mean, they're going to say it's a kangaroo court. They're right, going to say it's course. a witch hunt and all that crap anyway. But in the view of history, it's important that we establish or that the prosecutors establish this process so that it is as airtight as possible. It's like Absolutely. looking back at, say, for example, the Marbury versus Madison decision. You know, we can see many landmark times in American history when something new occurred that in hindsight, maybe years, uh, decades later, we go, oh, you know what? When they set that thing up, they did a pretty good job. I'm glad they took their time with that because right, now right. it kind of works. It functions and it, it's doing what it's supposed to do. We also see things that we think we could have handled better. <laughs> you know? but, yeah, but yes, sure. you're right. Yeah, you're right. No doubt. No doubt. And you know what? Those things that we could have handled better, those yes. tend to be the most hasty things that we have engaged in. Um, there was During the Constitutional oh, yeah. Convention, there was a whole lot of Southern control over how the Constitution would get written. Hotheads in the South going, hey, you know what? You can't do that because we don't want you to do that. And if you do it, you're going to lose our support. And our support means everything. I mean, Virginia was like the population center 
of uh, the fresh new nation at that point right. in time. So, and technically speaking, you had a lot of Southern landowners holding slaves in Virginia mm-hmm. that wielded a whole lot of power in that constitutional convention. So it's like, I'm, I'm getting off really on a tangent here, but just to complete that point, um, when it came to the Civil War, and the Southerners going, why are you invading us? Why is the evil, uh, you know, monolithic federal government coming in and invading our what our did, land, our do? country? Yeah, yeah. What did we ever do? Yeah, exactly right. Well, <laughs> it, up to that point, especially the South had wielded so much power right, over the destiny and establishment of the United States. A spoiled it, child. Exactly, fucking right. And, and we see that to an extent playing out right now with red states. Oh, why, oh, why? Why are you ganging up on us? Well, we're going to have to really seriously push back now by banning drag shows and making sure black people can't vote and relegating God. women back to the uh, 19th century, blah, 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 blah. And so this, <laughs> this is all the sort of thing that we've seen play out throughout American history. And that's why it's so important that when we engage in something brand new, that it is as airtight as possible. I, I hope that made sense because I tend to digress, but there you go. I, yeah. I, I think one of the little known f- facts of world history is, and, and uh, you know, I, I must admit I'm not as certainly, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm ignorant of history compared to Bob Seska, but, <laughs> but no. I, I, I was not aware, and I am certain that I represent a lot of people who were also not aware that uh, Nazi Germany got its ideas of oppression from the American South, which yeah. did it first. Mm-hmm. And and now we see the rise of fascism and, and singling out of groups yeah. again now mm-hmm. here on U.S. soil, uh, just as we taught the Nazis to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, as I've said before, this it, it, it seems fantastical that we would be having this conversation. Uh, ten years ago, I never imagined us having this conversation. It would have been crazy talk and it still feels odd to, to talk about it to yeah, say it yeah but it's very real it's no one's imagination it's happening uh this rise of fascism this rise of white supremacy we've been here before germany learned it from us and now we're back at it again and we need to be aware of of the fact that this is precisely what's going on Yes, indeed. Okay, well, we got to talk about uh, a strange phenomenon that's occurring among Republicans right now. And I get the sense that there was a memo or maybe some (laughs) sort of uh, Twitter spaces discussion group or something. Yeah, whatever the however the word gets out throughout the Red Hat Entertainment Complex, because (laughs) there's a new thing about Donald Trump that is starting to materialize and. I'm not going to say what it is yet, but Tucker Carlson was talking about it. Alex Jones was talking about it. Weirdo Twitter troll Bill Mitchell was talking about it. It's a strange thing to bring up. And I'm really interested to know where this is going to go, if anywhere, if this is just a blip or if this is a a trend for some new thing to Uh Christmas tree on to Donald Trump on the right. So we'll see. Well, we're going to talk about it here in a second. I can't wait to hear that, and maybe I can attribute uh, how it is they all communicate. Okay, I mean, yes, I've, please. I have a theory. I'm just going to throw it. Just a theory. I will throw it out when you present uh, what it is they're telling each other. Yes, indeed. That's coming up here in just one second. But first, 
Here's the best way to listen to the Bob Seska show without all of these commercial interruptions, me talking about Patreon and so on. Well, just go go right now. <laughs> yes, boo, Patreon. No, I'm not saying that. I'm talking about the commercial. Oh, sorry. Commercials. Oh, my God. Uh, so go right now to our Patreon page, bobseskashow.com. Scroll down to the link for the ultimate edition of the podcast and sign up for just $15 per month. You say, well, oh, my God, $15 a month. That's a lot. I'm paying Netflix. I'm paying HBO Max. I'm paying Disney+. Plus. What do I get for that $15 a month, Bob? Well, here's what you're going to get. In exchange for that generous support, we're going to give you everything we have to offer on the Patreon page. Literally everything. We're going to give you a completely commercial-free version of the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday show. So we take out all the commercials. Plus, we're going to give you the Shatter Docket every Tuesday and Thursday. That happens after the credits roll at the end of every Tuesday and Thursday show. An extra 20 minutes of show that's exclusive to our Patreon page. But wait, there's more. You're also going to get the Friday After Party podcast with me and Kimberly Johnson, including that level of support, all for just $15 per month. Everything we have, everything is yours on our Patreon page. Again, that's bobseskashow.com, patreon.com slash bobseskashow, and we thank you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Vixen Noir and a single called I Love You. You is spelled with just the letter U. Link in the description to support the great Vixen Noir, a friend of King Cyborg. <laughs> would be F O K, friend of King Cyborg. Yeah, I love Vixen Noir. Uh, looking forward to uh, more singles from her. Yes, indeed. BobSeska.com slash music to submit your work to the show. Thank you for doing Very that. Very nice. And make sure to go to BobSeska.com. Click on this episode dated 31423. Scroll on down and you get the links for all the independent music on today's show. 
Okay, so where do we leave off here? Oh, first of all, did you see the awkward video of Brian Kilmeade having a catch with Ron DeSantis? Oh, no, I did not. Oh, my God, yes. They did this uh, stupid thing where they went to, like, a Little League ballpark, and they had a catch, just like Field of Dreams. It was Brian Kilmeade. Not sure whether he left his brain in the brain room, but he was there. And he was playing catch with Ron DeSantis, and they were both wearing, like, matching $1,000 suits. Of course. You know, as normal people do, having a catch in your expensive clothing. (laughs) The local Little League ballpark. Dress alike day. We do that on Tuesdays ourselves, actually. Yeah, yeah. And I know, I think on Morning Joe this morning, they were making a big deal about how Ron DeSantis throws a baseball. I don't know. I didn't see anything wrong with the way he threw a baseball. It was just weird that they were playing Uh, baseball in suits. Let's pretend there's something really wrong with the wave. But yeah, we, we need to do what they do, and that's just cash in on everything. <laughs> right, right. Well, and and it, they were wearing matching suits. That was what was yes. odd about it. They were wearing, like, the exact same suit, Kilmeade and DeSantis. Well, it's the mycelium. It's the, it's, and that is how, um, that's my theory as to how Republicans all, you know, are always on the same page. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're connected by mycelium, the, the network of fungal threads that attach all <laughs> mushrooms to all other mushrooms. I really think that's it. I'm so glad you clarified what that was. Because, uh, what, what is this reference? What is mycelium? And it's, what is it again? It's a thread that attaches mushrooms? It's, yeah, it grows underground. Uh, it can, uh, through, or through rotting tree trunks. Uh, okay. And uh, it just takes a single spore of a mushroom to start a mycelium, which, which mycelium, which, which spreads through the earth and it causes other mushrooms to pop up elsewhere. And then they're all connected like the Borg. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. That- someday I, I I don't I don't watch the whatever the TV show is about about mushrooms now, but uh, I I believe that mushrooms uh, could rise up one day and kill us all. Either that or Republicans. I'm not sure because they're very similar. Eh, it doesn't shock me that you know a lot about mushrooms either. So that's <laughs> clearly not enough. Yeah, and also uh, Donald Trump has started calling Ron DeSant Ron DeSantis. I almost said it the wrong way. I almost said it the Trump way for a second there. He's been calling him Ronda Sanctus? Yes, I heard that. Yeah, it's I, short for sanctimonious, I think. Yeah, see, he's already second-guessing De Sanctimonious. Yes, he's already right. thinking, well, maybe that's a little bit too long and difficult to spell. You know, because i got to write that into every troth, central troth. Troth, truth, central. And he's realizing, oh, my God, that takes up a lot of characters. No, People are going to be resistant to tweeting that out or, or trothing that I out. because what it's, it means. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Can please someone Google Ron DeSantis' nickname that Trump's starting to call him? So he's shortened that to... Ron DeSanctus, which just sounds like he's mispronouncing it. By the way, I came up with one for progressives today. Uh, Ron DeClansman. <laughs> Ron DeClansman. Not bad. Uh, not bad. I, way, yeah, I think yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, we need something on our side as well. So. Yeah, I, I'm seeing a distinct uh, underestimation of how terrible Ron DeSantis is happening. Like He's yeah. being kind of painted as a normal Republican, and I think... If you ask any Democrat or any progressive, any normal for that matter, in the state of Florida, including you, Mr. Burbank, that whether Ron DeSantis is <laughs> just a regular Republican, I think oh, the answer is absolutely a resounding no. 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 Yeah, not. He, he is a, a tiny, bully, little 
Hitler uh, <laughs> wannabe, uh, wannabe. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, I mean, the way he runs the state, I follow the details daily, and it it, it persists. I've said before, and it, it's still happening. Uh, a handful of headlines every single day about the crap he's doing. My hope is, my hope for Florida and for the nation is that people are going to get madder and madder and rise up yeah, about this, yeah. and not just progressives. Parents in general are concerned about uh, some of the dictator-like rules that are being put in place for education. Uh, uh, Republican and uh, Democratic parents alike are starting to rise up against uh, some of DeSantis's crap. And, and uh, my hope is that uh, the anger about that, the anger about the six-week abortion ban uh, that, yeah. that we have now, uh, when most women don't even know they're pregnant and when often a heartbeat can't even be detected in, in the fetus. Yeah. Yeah, and, and 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 I think there's my hope is and and my expectation is that people will rise up and and put a stop to this bullshit. Yes, we shall see. It's certainly not going to happen with the Republicans. I think the Republicans will abandon Ron DeSantis for other reasons. First of all, Donald Trump mm. seems to be the heir right. apparent at this point for the nomination, which is just yeah, yeah. We have this twin. We have this, this split screen uh, thing happening now, where on one hand Trump is rising. Uh, he's the favorite. He's running for president. It's happening. It's real. It's over here on the left side of your screen or the right side of your screen. If you're yeah. And then on the other side of the screen, uh, all those five investigations <laughs> closing in, one of them about to close in yeah. this week. And in fact, the topic of my video that I posted on Instagram, and then I think I, mm -hmm. I reposted it on Twitter today, is uh, I, I did a bit called the stupid Trump thing of the week. Oh, good. And the idea is that on a certain level for our own mental health, when it comes to Donald Trump, there's nothing we can really do about him running for president at this point, even if he's indicted, even if he's convicted, I still think he's going to run. God. But I think from a mental health point of view, it helps to continue to point and laugh, <laughs> to continue oh, to make God, yes. fun of his yeah. dumbness. Well, yeah, ridicule uh, is valuable. I, I'm, yeah. I'm increasingly hearing from experts that uh, you can't argue the facts with these people. There's only one language they understand, and that's ridicule. Yeah. So in that sense, you've been on the right track for some time now, <laughs> uh, and and as have a lot of other people, and, and I, I don't think that if that's the tool we need to defend democracy, then I don't believe it's beneath us. Yeah. I don't think there's anything unethical about it. Plus, it helps us get through the day. I think that's an yes, important that element too. to all that of this. Too. Because, I mean, it's both of those things. Yeah, it, yeah. it helps us and it helps the nation. Right. So in this video, I talked about how uh, because of the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, Mm -hmm. Don Jr. got on Twitter and reacted by saying that, uh, oh, you know what, I don't remember any banks collapsing under my dad's presidency. Uh, well, you knew that was coming, didn't you? Yeah, of course. Of course it was. And that's probably what's sticking uh, among Red Hats. But the fact of the matter is that 16 banks <laughs> collapsed under Donald Trump. 12 of those banks collapsed prior to the Good pandemic striking. So Good to know. Yeah, you can't yeah. blame the pandemic for, I, for you know, it. I, I can't help but uh, glance at a TV screen or a, a newspaper online and see uh, a photograph of President Biden with the words bank collapse uh, superimposed over it. Yeah, right. Because what, what happens there to people who are passing by? Mm -hmm. They associate blame yeah. Biden for the bank collapse. It's exactly what uh, the Red Hats want. It's exactly what Republicans want. And apparently it's what the media wants. Yeah, I think the news media is not helping 
to oh, calm people down about no. suddenly running on the bank. Do, no, doing... they thrive on they thrive on drama. They yeah. thrive on drama, and they are intentionally, uh, at least through their headlines, intentionally trashing the re-election chances of uh, President Biden. I worry very much. Uh, about uh, the damage that's being done daily by the news media to this administration. Yeah, plus they're just doing so much screaming about uh, Silicon Valley Bank and a couple of other smaller banks. Who's next? Yeah, who's next? Oh, my God. It's just panic time and it's it's great recession all over again and great depression and the runs on the banks and holy shit, what's going to happen to your deposits and blah, 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 blah. What's uh, FDIC and uh, bank bailouts and uh, fuck. And then so everyone starts to go, well, Jesus, should I start to pull my money out of the back? And then it worsens because of this news media hype around it. And honest to God, having lived through uh, 2008 and the Great Recession that followed, I think we all recognize the warning signs. This is not 2008 all over again. This is nowhere even close. This is going to be contained. This is not going to be an issue. Why is that? Well, because we have a competent administration in office right now that can handle the problem. We didn't have that during the George W. Bush administration in 2008. We certainly didn't have it during COVID and Donald Trump. So everything went to fucking hell. That doesn't mean it's going to happen that way this time. So I'm I'm really confident that this is going to be an isolated incident and this whole situation with banks is going to go away yeah, but- uh, in a very short period of time. Yes, but what about the, the voters? What, what impressions are they going to be left with? What... Again, what damage is done by this? That's ir- Biden did a, a remarkable job of explaining why everything's okay. Yeah. Giving truthful, logical, very real reasons why everything's okay. And it won't freaking matter because no one's listening because they see the picture of Biden with the words bank failure, bank run, uh, superimposed over it or just beneath it. And uh, they associate the two and that's it. And and daily, weekly attacks on, on Biden from the news media uh, trying to associate him and tie him to the unfortunate things that happen here and there. That's the Republicans' job. That's not the media's job. Well, the answer to that question obviously has to be, well, what do you want to do? You want to elect more Republicans then and deregulate the banks even more? Is that Mm. your solution to this? So I don't think think the answer is necessarily going to be a lot of people uh, defecting from supporting Joe Biden. Because the solution, obviously, the alternative is a deregulatory Republican regime, and that's not going to happen. I don't think people are going to support that. In in 2018, when uh, Trump... uh, sought to overturn the Dodd-Frank regulations that would have prevented all of this from happening over this past week. Uh, When the Senate voted on it, uh, 17 Democrats joined the Republicans in Mm -hmm. voting to kill uh, Dodd-Frank. Over in the House, it was 33 Democrats, I believe, who voted with Republicans to overturn Dodd-Frank. So there's blood on both parties' hands in this case. This is one time that you can say uh, that uh, both sides are to blame for what happened here. Uh, and, and, you know, money talks. That's, that's why all that happened. Hopefully, uh, with the president we have now, and certainly uh, perhaps with the Senate we have now, 
hopefully we can repair the damage that this, you know, is every day we're fixing crap that, that Trump screwed up, whether yeah. it's the trains going off the tracks and spilling toxic chemicals or uh, the b uh, banks failing because of a lack of regulation. This is all Trump. It's all Trump. And we're going to be doing this on a regular basis for years. Yes, indeed. Oh, man. Well, here's the other thing that I wanted to get into. I mentioned this before the uh, previous break. There seems to have been a word that's gone out among Republican screechers. Mycelium. We've known for some time now, and obviously this happens on the left as well, there are discussion groups where powerful Republicans gather and they exchange talking points, yes, they, they exchange do. messages of the day, and, and so on, and that's how they have a coordinated message. Obviously, it works better among Republicans somehow. Like and Democratic sure, messaging and tends to be a little bit more scattered. We have 84 or 82 million chefs in the kitchen. And, and But you will hear those Republicans. There is a set of Republican talking points yeah. every day, and oh, they yeah. are shared with uh, the Republicans in Congress. They are also shared that morning with Fox News, mm -hmm. uh, which features them then on Fox and Friends. Yeah. If you didn't get the memo, you're not near your email, and you're a Republican lawmaker, just flip on Fox and Friends, and you'll know what it is you're supposed to say today. Well, this shit gets around, and they start saying yeah. the same things at the same right. time, and that's how you they're recognize it. it. Yeah, it doesn't happen organically. It happens by design. And mm -hmm. this is such a strange thing. So both Tucker Carlson and Alex Jones have separately referred to Donald Trump as having autism. What a bizarre gambit. It's possible. A form of, uh, what is, I'm trying to remember the form of autism that I'm thinking of here. Uh, Asperger's? Uh, 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 Asperger's, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, could see, uh, I could see a form of Asperger's in him, absolutely. Yeah, well, let's see here. Uh, Tucker Carlson called Donald Trump, quote, a little bit autistic and dismissed his claim he would end the war in Ukraine in a lengthy and candid interview on the Full Send podcast. I'm regretting saying the name of that podcast, but whatever. I don't think anyone here is going to go run over and listen no, to the Full Send don't, podcast. Don't so write that down. Whatever. At the same time, controversial radio host Alex Jones called former President Donald Trump, quote, autistic and very charismatic during a recent interview. And then there was uh, weirdo Twitter troll Bill Mitchell, who I don't pay any attention to anymore, but someone tweeted this out separately. And he said, this guy, Bill Mitchell said, Tucker Carlson has implied that Trump has autism. I have actually thought this myself in the past many times. Trump seems to be a bit of an idiot savant, he said, which is derogatory. While brilliant on policy and the big picture, he's a bit of an idiot on the details and interpersonal skills. Well, hey, keep talking like that. In other words, he can play Beethoven by ear, but can't tie his own shoes. Kind of like that. That's what idiot savant means. It's a, it's a compliment insult. So I wonder what the gambit here is. I wonder if there's actually an effort afoot to kind of paint Donald Trump as having a disability. And where did they hear that? That's, and I think that's yeah. kind of what you're asking is where, it, that doesn't sound like something either of those men would say out of the blue. They heard that somewhere. Yeah. It's too, Where? it's too specific to be like, oops, yeah. I can't believe we wore the same shirt at the same time, or, or Brian Kilmeade and Ron DeSantis wearing the same suit at the same time. Oops, right. that happened. But this is really super specific. To refer to Donald Trump as having autism 
first of all, if it's not true, they're exploiting autism in order to play politics, which is yeah, awful I and horrendous. I don't think that's what it is. I don't, that doesn't feel right to me. Well, I'm trying to figure out what the right, play, what right. the play no, is. Right, right. No, I understand. What, what and I'm, I'm, I'm evaluating the possibilities as yeah. you lay them out. Yeah, in my own mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think they figured out that maybe they'll score some points if they throw in some sort of disability for Donald Trump, like this is going to somehow win people over in some way? Or what's the what's the play here? I, it seems to me uh, kind of an insurance policy is, mm, is what I, I think it's something they're saying to sort of cover their own ass. So if the, if needed, if needed, they can go back later and say, well, I called it. You know, I said I said he has uh, autism or appears to have autism. Uh, but again, it doesn't sound like it's something either of those men would just spontaneously say. Yeah. Uh, but but I don't I don't know that it's a. I don't know that it's coordinated, uh, other than the fact that uh, it may be true. The, the mycelium, in this case, may, might be the thread of truth that connects these two things, and, and uh, that same thread runs to the source where they where they heard, or source says, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, did they hear it from a doctor? Did they hear it from a White House staffer? Oh, did they hear it from a family member? But somebody said it somewhere, and uh, now there's this perception. And it's being said out loud now for the first time, mm. I think, because uh, these guys want to give themselves an exit door. They want to give themselves an out. Uh, and yeah. they, by doing these, by dropping these little bombs, they can begin to slowly separate themselves without having to come out full against the guy. Yeah, it, it's so strange. I, I think maybe one of the reasons why they're playing with this is, first of all, I think it might be a trial balloon. I think they're just testing it out. This is like a test market. Could be. This is like when they only roll out the McRib in Chicago or something like that and say, well, you know, if it works well in Chicago, then we'll put it in other places. And so uh, I think... What they may be trying to do, and I think the context for it is a lot of talk about mental acuity, uh, dementia, uh -huh. senility, or whatever they're... I mean, Donald Trump is talking about it a lot. Yesterday he did a video where he was discussing how, once again, every presidential candidate should take a cognitive test. Right. And so laying that as a standard and, and as an attack method against Joe Biden... I think what they may be trying to do, just playing off of your insurance policy thing, maybe what they're trying to do with the autism line is to give Donald Trump an out when he fucks up on oh, the cognitive man. front. Like, they say, well, he, he, he's fucking up like Joe Biden, so therefore, oh, well, it's just autism with him. Or, you know, like, maybe it's their version of the truth, which is that Joe Biden has had a stutter his entire life. Oh, right. so stutter is your out clause, Democrats, I see. So, we, well, we've got one of our own, too. We've got autism, so we're going to play this card if you go after Donald Trump <laughs> for having issues and being uh, odd uh, or whatever. Our our old guy's symptoms are not as bad as your old guy's symptoms and this raises <laughs> this raises again my fear that uh, you've got uh, you know what is 77 and 76 and 80 mm -hmm. uh, in in those two candidates and in DeSantis you've got 44 and I'm afraid too many Americans will who don't read who don't read the news who don't follow the news who don't watch the news who generally don't care yeah. are going to see two old guys and this young 
fairly well-dressed individual who <laughs> sort of looks civilized, uh, who's 44. And, and uh, this prospect terrifies me. Uh, that's the position I think we find ourselves in. I mean, yeah. if you if you want to worry about something, worry about that. Uh, as far as the autism thing, I I just don't know. The only thing I can think of is is a personal insurance. Uh, if they if they think they're providing it as an out for Trump, they're fooling themselves because Trump is so mentally ill he will never see that out. I think Mary Trump, who's coming back to your show, can can verify. That her uncle uh, will never see the light. And I think one of the reasons for that baseball scene with uh-huh. Ron yeah. DeSantis and Brian Kilmeade right. and there's matching suits, was yeah. to emphasize, hey, look how fit and vigorous Ron DeSantis is. Look at him out there playing be, baseball be, with be one of the guys. Of yeah, be very can, afraid of this. He can do this, and his opponent, Donald Trump, can barely lift his arm above his uh, shoulder line and mm-hmm. put a, a bottle of water to his mouth without having to use the other hand. And so there, there is, you want the fit and vigorous guy, don't you, Republicans? And that may be the reason for that scene at Fox. Could it's be. all playing could into be. the same hole, which is it that... Could be. It could be insurance policy personally for those individuals who've used the word autism. Mm-hmm. It could be an insurance policy for the party itself. It's out with the old, in with the new. I think that's yeah. going to be one of the rallying cries of the pro-DeSantis Republicans going into this primary. And I think that's going to include not just Fox News Channel, but I think some of the Red Hat podcasters and that whole universe as, uh, as well. No, no. I, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, no matter how true it is, and no matter how many people say it, Trump will never believe he has autism. Because he he probably sees that as making him look weak. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. and he doesn't want to look weak. And uh, even though there's a possibility, and of course we don't know for sure, that, that Barron is autistic, uh, I, I think in that respect, Ooh. it's one of those things where I don't think... I don't think Donald Trump's going to play in that arena at all. I think he's just going to avoid it maybe entirely yeah. and, and let other people Agreed. deal with that talking point. And that's like, it's not going to be him. Uh, so we'll see. It's like he hasn't really weighed in on the Dominion revelations yet, even though Steve Bannon and some others certainly have. Uh, I think he's potential. Yeah, Yeah, that's the other thing. In addition to the five investigations of Trump, we've got cases coming down on Fox News. This could be a very good time. Yes, yes, indeed. Okay, so we've got another huge jobs report out. We're going to talk about that. And uh, we're going to jump into uh, some uh, some more Tucker Carlson news and uh, Smartmatic and Dominion and all of that. Oh, good, good, good. Coming up right after these words. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. 
Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. My friend Richard Turgeon. I've known this guy for 20 years. He provided music for the independent movie I shot in 2001, 2002, 2003. Took me a long time to make that movie. There's a brand new single from Richard. It's called I've Got You Now. Yeah, link in the description to download it. By the way, if you're, I can't believe I forgot to mention this during our uh, discussion of Patreon. But if you're a Patreon member, even at the $1 level, you can Uh go right now to our Patreon page and post a question for Charlie Pierce. Uh Aha. Charlie's going to be on tomorrow's interview show. And I thought, you know what? We haven't done this yet. And I feel bad. I feel as a Patreon host, I feel bad that I haven't opened the floor to Patreon subscribers to ask questions for one of our guests. And I figure, you know what? Let's start that ball rolling with uh, the great Charlie Pierce, who's going to join me you, uh, tomorrow. You and your empire are growing every day. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, that was nice head-bouncing music, by the way. I like that very much. Yes, the great uh, Richard we, Turgeon. All right. And, and uh, we almost did another show during the commercial break, but we'll again, we'll hold it for the... Shadow docket a little later. All right. As you were saying earlier, Smartmatic has now uh, give, has been given the go-ahead to launch its lawsuit against Donald Trump. And this is an even bigger one. I think you were saying $2.7 billion compared right. with Dominion's $1.6 billion. The question I have now is, are we going to find out all new ways that Fox News has been duplicitous, has taken Uh, advantage of its gullible listeners and viewers. uh, Keep it coming. The important thing here is to keep it coming. Uh, In in that lawsuit, in the uh, Smartmatic lawsuit, we are going to hear uh, its claim that 100, 100, 100 false claims were made on Fox News about Smartmatic. If you think... Uh, Fox News was hard on uh, Dominion. Uh, wait till you hear what Smartmatic uh, managed to keep track of yeah. and and bring to this lawsuit, which uh, combined with the $1.6 billion, uh, does have the capacity to force Fox News into bankruptcy. So let's see here. What did Fox say about Smartmatic? Among other things, Fox said that Smartmatic shared its technology with Dominion and then uh, when, in fact, the two companies had no communication or connection and regarded each other as rivals, Smartmatic was in cahoots with foreign governments in a conspiracy to rig the vote for Biden, Rudy Giuliani said on Maria Bartiromo's show, a claim that the company disputes as false and defamatory. Fox also describes Smartmatic as having been founded in Venezuela at the behest of corrupt dictators. In fact, it was founded 
in Boca Raton, Florida, in the wake of the hanging Chad fiasco, <laughs> with the aim of using technology to restore people's faith in election results. Obviously, there's a whole whole industrial complex of voting systems that emerged. If we all remember back that far after the uh, hanging Chad 2000 election chaos, so that's where uh, Smartmatic uh, emerged. And naturally, we're going to find out that Maria Bartiromo and Rudy Giuliani uh, lied in more ways than one. My question, though, is what more are we going to learn about Fox News's process that we don't already know through the Dominion lawsuit? What's hiding behind all those redactions? Yeah, exactly right. So fingers crossed that that's all going to work out. But we have some additional information that I found to be uh, both entertaining and fascinating hmm. and, and and a little bit disappointing. And I'll start with the disappointing part first. First of all, the reason I'm saying disappointing is because the person who said what I'm about to read is no longer Tucker Carlson's producer. He's an ex-producer of Tucker okay. Carlson's show. I see. But this guy said some pretty derogatory things about Fox News viewers. And we're talking about uh, this guy, Alex Pfeiffer, who is uh, Carlson's ex-producer. And he said, like negotiating with terrorists, but especially dumb ones, cousin-fucking types, not Saudi royalty. So one of Tucker Carlson's ex-producers referred to Tucker Carlson's viewers as cousin-fucking types. He knew his audience. Wow, what do you think of that, Tucker? (laughs) It is very, very funny. It's a, an interesting use of words here to describe Tucker's audience. My God. So, meantime, uh, Capitol Police Chief blasted Tucker Carlson's disinformation campaign with all of these, uh, well, I say all of these. He's got, like, I think he's been able to pull two minutes of video out of the 44,000 hours, and it's not even real shit. Everyone's making fun of how stupid Tucker Carlson's revelations are with the January 6th video. His cousin fucking viewers are believing it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) After watching the first installment of Fox News host Tucker Carlson's look at Capitol surveillance video from the January 6th insurrection, U.S. Capitol Police Chief Tom Manger sent out a memo to his department Tuesday morning denouncing the show as, quote, filled with offensive and misleading conclusions. Mm. Manger also said that Carlson and his producers did not seek context or comment from the Capitol Police before showing the surveillance videos because Tucker Carlson's not interested in the facts or the statements of the Capitol Police. Tucker Carlson's interested in one thing, and that is poking at the internal biases of his cousin-fucking viewers. <laughs> That's Tucker Carlson's entire mission statement. How can I manipulate people's bigotry in order to build ratings and therefore income for me? How can I right. build my wealth by exploiting these cousin-fucking types? <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a good time with that today. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if we'll ever know what was, re- what if anything will be revealed from behind those redactions in, in yeah. the public version of the lawsuit. Uh, an excerpt from the lawsuit, uh, Suzanne Scott's, and I'm quoting the, the lawsuit here. Suzanne Scott's December two email to Mead Cooper after Fox host Eric Sean fact check Sean Hannity's claims of election fraud says it all. Redacted line, redacted line, redacted line, redacted line. 
Uh, example 254, that very same day, Bill Salmon commented on Fox's coverage of, quote, supposed election fraud to Chris Steyerwalt, stating, it's remarkable how weak ratings make good journalists do bad things. That's just one, four lines of redaction there. Uh, I hope, I hope, I hope that that, that that is revealed and that we see a lot more revelations uh, from the, uh, the Smartmatic lawsuit. Yeah, I hope we see uh, something like... Like Bill O'Reilly's rave out tape. Uh, you remember the Bill O'Reilly thing? Right? Well, do it live. Fuck it. That guy. <laughs> yeah. That thing. Yeah. yeah. I hope we see some of that, but with Tucker Carlson. Right. That's really to me because you can have quotes. You can have quotes all day long, and it's not going to have the same impact. Right. As right. having a video of like Tucker Carlson raving out about his own viewers in the context of some sort of Bill O'Reilly uh, uh, freakout, some sort of meltdown. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Yeah. I've got a bleep in there. I used to bleep the obscenities on the show. That's why that right. bleep is in there. But you <laughs> know what I'm effective. talking about, right? I mean, there needs Indeed. to be video evidence, and that, to me, is going to be the most damning uh, if, it, if it emerges in this Smartmatic lawsuit, or even still to come in the Dominion lawsuit. I mean, we're still early in the process. Oh, wait, I, I have some breaking news. Oh, and okay. I didn't, I, I didn't want to end our Dominion uh, lawsuit okay. Okay. discussion <laughs> prematurely. What's there. happening? Uh, uh, one good thing, uh, President Biden has signed an executive order that looks to increase the number of background checks to buy guns. Uh, oh, nice. Th this, this was expected and is very much needed and very much appreciated. And he's uh, it, recent les legislation, bipartisan legislation that he got through last year, made this executive order possible. So he's continuing to work in that direction. Uh, I, I have some very disturbing news here also mm. on the international front from ABC News. A Russian fighter jet collided with a U.S. drone over the Black Sea, an incident UCOM says could lead to, quote, unintended escalation, end quote. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is, because it was a drone, I don't know if this is necessarily going to trigger rules of engagement, but I always worry about that. Like, right. well, is this going to... say unintentional, yes. Okay, yeah. Because I don't imagine we're flying drones into Russian Russian fighter jets. Oh no, no, I don't. I don't think any aggression. Well, yeah. although some could be alleged on the Russian side, I suppose. But I don't think any, there was any intentional aggression here. But uh, if you remember the Men at Work song, it's a mistake. Uh, th these things can happen. Uh, un there can be unintentional consequences, uh, unintended consequences from an incident like this. It could accidentally set off a confrontation, and that's the concern that's being watched right now. Do yeah, you notice? It's, uh, breath it's breathtaking, isn't it? Do you notice that Donald Trump is doing a lot of World War III fear-mongering? Yes, I saw that clip, man. Yeah, in the dark for some reason, where yes, he's, he's yeah. found the darkest room. He lives in West Palm Beach, Florida. I mean, sunny, sunny Florida, and he's found the darkest place <laughs> in all of Florida. I Don't you think it helps sell fear, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. works, works for Netflix. <laughs> yes, it yeah. does. But the one thing that he hasn't done, when he talks about World War III and talks about the nuclear, is right. he has never once said to his mentor, Vladimir Putin, hey, you know what, mm -hmm. maybe you should pull out of Ukraine to prevent World War III from happening. Never says that. 
It's no, always it's well. The United States, yes, we got to get out of. Uh, we got to get out right. of Ukraine. We can't. We can't be helping Ukraine here. We got to make sure we end whatever this thing is. And he's very vague in terms of how he describes what's going on in Ukraine. Donald American Carnage Trump uh, would yeah. far rather blame the U.S. than the, the Russians. It just seems like if he were really interested in avoiding World War III he would also be putting that on the table. But of course we know, we know where Donald Trump's loyalties are. So he's never going to do that. He's always ever going to play into whatever Vladimir Putin wants. And that is a fact. And this is so revealing. That's one of the things with Donald Trump. You have to look at what he's not saying as well as what he is saying. I think what I said would be a good caption for for that video, which is fear spreads better in the dark. (laughs) Yeah, God, that's a good one. Um, And this is one of those situations where the darker, the better. Donald Trump Uh loves the dark. He's fascinated by the dark and uh, describing the dark. He's fascinated by death. He's fascinated by human suffering. It's one of those things. Yeah. Is there a Republican use of fear motivation? If they've been doing it for years, he's stepped it up. I'll never forget him talking about Andrew Jackson's wife. He was like, he was so fascinated by the fact that Andrew Jackson's wife died. And the way he was describing it is sort of the way he describes what he thinks is happening to newborn babies, that Democrats are smothering newborn babies in the crib. And he talks about this shit, whether it's Andrew Jackson's wife or newborn babies or whatever, Right. Almost with this uh, grisly fascination, you hear him talking about the nuclear in the same way or World War Three in the same way. And that's what makes me nervous. On one hand, he's afraid of it, but it's sort of like you ever seen a child who's got the crocodile tears? putting on a show oh, yes. where they're upset and they're actually of kind of just looking for reaction. I've and seen then, it in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we all have on some level. But that's I, I fear that that's what Donald Trump is all about. Like he talks about how he's afraid of nuclear and how terrible nuclear is. And he always refers to it as the nuclear. Or the nuclear. nuclear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. But on the other hand, I think he's got a fascination with it. Hence the bombing hurricanes mm. with nuclear missiles mm-hmm. you know? oh yeah yeah he would love it. it's a toy he'd love to play with yeah and you know his other fascination by the way is other men's wives have you noticed that whether it's a <laughs> an historic president or ted cruz or i was reading about alex jones alex jones was talking about the fact that oh yeah yeah uh he said he used to call my wife all the time uh trump would call alex jones's wife tell him what a great man <laughs> alex jones is how he was really going places and one day after uh, trump had called his wife like a dozen times uh alex jones grabbed the phone away from his wife and said uh, why don't you spend less time calling my wife and more time fighting the deep state and and hung up uh, uh you know so it's just interesting he likes nuclear bombs and he likes other men's wives i totally believe that story. I believe every word of <laughs> that too. story. Because sure, right? sure. I can totally see that happening. Uh, here's a, a fun fact. Alex Jones's ex-wife once uh-huh. reached out to me to be on the show. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. My bullshit yeah. radar went off and yeah. I, I didn't ultimately pursue because I wasn't sure what where, this person was all about. Where, and, where's Natasha Leone when you need it? <laughs> exactly. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I love that. There's a super edit on YouTube of all the of <laughs> Natasha Leone saying bullshit and then making that noise that she makes. From poker face, yeah. 
And so it's like every instance of that throughout the first season of Poker Face, <laughs> which, by the way, we are going to talk about on the Shadow Docket. Um, yes, tune in. And by the way, before we wrap up the show, another huge jobs report out on Friday, topping expectations, setting new records yeah. for job creation. What do we add? Uh, 310,000 new jobs. Uh, 311. 311. 311,000 yeah. jobs in yeah. February. Plus, the number of employed Americans has set another record, the third since December. We're still well below 4% inflation. What, uh, unemployment rate, what is it, 3.6 now maybe, which yeah. is up a little bit from last month. Uh, the, the number of jobless claims also... Uh, uh, up or the number of jobs created, rather, uh, not up as much this month as they were last month, but still. And and I I look at the newspapers online. I, I follow the news, and I see these headlines that say, uh, "Okay, uh, the jobs are up. Uh, this is gonna just make the Fed's job uh, that much harder in controlling mm -hmm. inflation." Uh, it, does this mean that the Fed's attempts to control inflation aren't working? There's just this constant churning generation of fear by the media, and yeah. and I, I it leaves me confused. I'm at the point now where I almost don't know how to feel about a jobs report anymore because what's good news I'm being told by the media is, well, it could be bad news. Could be bad. Oh, God. Yes, yes. It's always got to be. Every time there's new jobs numbers out, every time right. there's new GDP numbers out. It's going to rain. Recession. Here we go. Here comes the recession. And then it doesn't actually happen. And then they have to revise that. And they say, well, maybe there's not going to be a recession. And then more jobs numbers come out. Oh, recession. Oh, wait a second. No, no, remember, no. Remember that? Remember that recession? we didn't have this year yeah, that one <laughs> 160 million people employed in february i mean pretty we're good. pretty damn close to the point where everyone who wants a job has got a job full oh, employment yeah. i i once believed and maybe this was the late 80s early 90s i believed that unemployment would never get below four percent i just assumed well for one reason or another uh, there will always be Four percent unemployment. I figured yeah. that's it. We're not gonna and it, but it it's like three point six. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it's, things are. Uh, and that's the other thing. Again, for progressives, for us all, embrace the good. Yeah, celebrate the wins. Mm -hmm. uh, look, look at what you've appreciate what you've got. Yeah, sure. The, the world is a mess right now, and we've got a lot of really scary big things to deal with, but. Never lose sight of the good as you fight these battles. Uh, one last thing here before we wrap up the show. Uh, remember I was predicting before the election that if the Republicans win back the House, that they're going to launch the investigation <laughs> into the January 6th investigation? Yep. They have done that. The House Republicans yes, have. have launched an investigation into the Democratic-controlled January 6th committee from last Congress. The subcommittee, made up of four Republicans and two Democrats, will look into roughly two million documents and records. It also launched a portal to collect tips from the public. Oh, I'm sure that's going to be a reliable source. I'm sure Jim Jordan's oh. not going to cherry-pick that, will he? The list of witnesses has been just clown after clown after clown. Yeah. I, you know, and we also said, we also, I think, correctly predicted, this is going anywhere this is about just generating the noise uh, trying to perpetuate the the notion that that somehow the the biden administration is corrupt uh you know they, they're not going to accomplish anything but they other than continue to make this noise okay i think we've solved all the problems here now haven't we well there may be a few more for the shadow docket <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. We're, I, we're know, also going to have some fun. I, I hate to be right about some of these things. I swear to God, I really, really do. And that, what know. is that? What do they call that? A humble brag? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry to be correct let's, about let's, the bullshit. We'll call it that. Yeah. Ah, bullshit. Ah. <laughs> I love that. I love that show so much. Okay. We're going to talk about Poker Face coming up here. Maybe a little bit about Picard, uh, Ted Lasso. God, I almost did it naturally there. I almost went, eh, Ted Lasso. <laughs> you could do worse. Uh, God, I posted a picture of Natasha Leone on my Instagram, and it's uh-huh. Natasha Leone, age six. As an actress. As yeah. an actress, uh, playing the character Opal on Pee Wee's Playhouse in 1986. Oh my God. It I is. I can see that. It is unmistakably Natasha Leone for sure. So there are two pictures. <laughs> so make sure to swipe. There's one of just her, and then the next picture of her with Pee Wee Herman. Uh, I will lay odds that her voice was raspy then. <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs> like, yeah, Pee Wee. What are we gonna do? King of Cartoons? Is he gonna come by? In the best possible way. Yeah, King of Cartoons. Bullshit. Where's Where's Jombie? Jombie's bullshit today. <laughs> Is my impromptu Natasha Leone. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I like it. Good job. (laughs) No, you could do an animated uh, version of her, and you could do that voice. It would work perfectly. Okay, yeah, sure. (laughs) For some reason, (laughs) I'm really good with raspy voices. I don't know what that Ah. says about me. It's either, uh, you know, I could do, like, a conversation between Alex Jones and uh, Charlie Kane from uh, Poker Face. Yeah, yeah, Alex Jones, I think you're bullshit. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen. I'm here all week. What can I say? I work with a talented guy. <laughs> okay. Patreon.com slash Bob Seska Show. Sign up for the Shadow Dog at $5 a month. You get all that shit. And you know what else? I never mentioned this. If you sign up for at least $1 a month, yeah. you get to participate in some of the reindeer games, like asking our guests questions. Like we got mm-hmm. questions for Charlie Pierce we're accumulating right now for tomorrow's Wednesday show, Wednesday interview show. Plus, uh, Mary Trump next week. Mary Trump returns to next week's Wednesday interview show. And then after that, Allison Gill for the 29th. Ah. So we got a hell of a lineup. And we're going to ask questions from our Patreon supporters there. Okay. This is the place to be. Shadow Docket coming up next. We'll see you over there, folks. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.